The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I, I think I like, you know, when that song opens up, they mention New York City. Of course, uh, New York City is a new city. <laughs> and new because they got Mello. Mello's been in the house for some time now, and the, the, the city's rejuvenated. Um, I read something um, out there about the city of Cleveland, and the city of Cleveland. Uh, at Brown Stadium, they've opened up um, a new um, com- new division, new area of which you can go in, and it's, it's it's got a lot of Hall of Fame materials in there. It's got a lot of the materials that belong to players, and and just reminiscent of the past. To to to, I guess the purpose is to 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 support and praise and stay connected to its legacy. And certainly, uh, the Cleveland Browns have a great legacy. Uh, players have uh, played some great games for the team. Uh, they won championships before there was a Super Bowl, but they have yet to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and they're trying to get back to the Cleveland Browns that were that were champions, that that were competitors, that uh, that you can uh, year in year out. You know that they're going to compete for the division championship, and then you know go deep into the playoffs. You know, they're kind of like. The Buffalo Bills, you know, of of the Jim Kelly era where you knew they were going to compete, they were going to win a division and perhaps maybe even, you know, make it to the playoffs, you know, make it to the Super Bowl, but maybe not win. So that's not always a good thing. But New York City, New York City, it's been a long time since the, the Knicks have won a championship. It's, you know, the mid to early 70s. So, but they have such rich tradition. I mean, Madison Square Garden, where the Knicks play at, it's one of the more celebrated arenas in the world. It's, it's people know about the Garden all over the world. Some great fights have taken place there, and and of course, uh, great basketball teams. The New York Knicks, uh, Walt Clyde, Frazier, you know that generation of of players. Uh, even uh, uh, of recent, well, a couple decades ago, Patrick Ewing. And those Knicks and Bernard King, uh, you know, and John Starks. I mean, they played great games in the garden. And so uh, Spike Lee is back and he's hoping that uh, he never went anywhere. But you didn't see him as much because there wasn't much to celebrate. But now Amari Stoudemire and and uh, Big Shot. Yeah, Big Shot Billups is in the house, too. And, of course, Mello. 
And there's nothing, I can say this from my own experience, there's nothing in the world like a professional athlete getting a chance to come home and perform in front of his hometown crowd. There's nothing like it, particularly if you were very successful as a, as a, at a young age and you got a chance to, to play at the college level and, and compete and have some success. And then to make it into the professional ranks and be able to play week in, week out, day in, day out in front of a crowd that supports you. Not only because you play for that hometown team, but because you're from that area. And that's what Melo's getting a chance to do. So, you know, I think the Knicks can quietly sneak up and creep up and perhaps maybe might give that, you know, Eastern Conference, you know, a, um, you know, a real chance in terms of challenging for the conference championship. Uh, they, there's some matchups there which uh, they, they create that some people can't necessarily have. They don't have a solution for. And uh, if, if, if Bibby comes in there, that might be something else. But Big Shot Billups, don't give up on him. Ain't there's no way. Uh, there's a man who who knows how to win championships. Got a couple rings on his fingers already. Something Amari doesn't have and something that uh, Melo doesn't have. So Chauncey brings a lot to the house. And, and Chauncey wasn't just a throw-in. You know, Chauncey is, uh, I mean, he could go down as, you know, one of the top players. Chauncey's got some serious numbers. You need to look at his numbers. The, the man's a hell of a ball player. And he's a point guard. And, and Chauncey's a point guard. that He doesn't look for his shot. He only looks for his shot. If you give it to him, he'll take it. You know, there used to be point guards in the league, and you know who you are. You're out there. You're listening. Where they would perhaps maybe give you your shot and dare you to take it. You can't back off big shot. You back off big shot. My man told you, hand down, man down. Mark Jackson in the house. Mark's house. Mark Mark from New York, too. So so I, I'm glad to see that it's good for basketball that the New York Knicks the number one market again in the world that, th- that their basketball team is, is, is back to being relevant in, in the basketball picture. It's, just, it's not good for the Knicks to be out of the picture. It's always good. They're the media capital of the world. And it's, and it's just good for basketball to have the New York Knicks, at least in the conversation when you talk about Eastern Conference championship, certainly playoffs. So I welcome them back. And I'm glad that they're back. Um, as you all know, last week was a very difficult week for us here at Voice America, in particular for the Voice America sports family, as we lost one of our own. And we celebrated um, his home going. And it was it. I was I was blessed to be there. Uh, I was blessed to be there because I heard a good word from the man who 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 bought the word uh, from the pulpits to celebrate. Dave Dorson's life, Double D. And it was it was a great time. It, it was a great time. And, you know, the worship service in, in, in an African-American church many times is a lot different than some other churches. It, there's always teaching going on. But, but, you know, you know how it is. There's just a little extra rhythm and a little extra rhyme to it. And and it's a little bit more animated. So it was a definitely it was definitely uh, a celebration. And I was glad to be there. A lot of his teammates were there. It was good to see those guys uh, to come out and turn out and support Dave uh, in his home going. And uh, it was good for me to see, you know, guys that I've known for years 
Um, Coach Leslie Frazier was there. Um, Sean Gale was there. Uh, Gary Fensick was there. Um, boy, um, Mike Singletary was there. Uh, Hampton was there. Uh, Dent was there. Um, Otis Wilson was there. A lot of guys were there. Uh, shout out to one of my friends, Vaughn Hebron was there. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, Vaughn was there. Um, Broadnax, not Hebron. Vaughn Broadnax was there. Uh, good Reverend Jesse Jackson was there, frat brother. Shout out to my frat brother. Good Reverend Jesse was there. And um, it was just good. You know, the family, they held up the best they possibly could. And uh, there's going to be another ceremony that's going to take place. For those who didn't make it or uh, haven't had a chance to celebrate the home going, there's going to be a smaller one, perhaps maybe open to some people who may be interested in. And if you're interested, you know, give me a call. Give me a shout. You can call me here at Voice America Sports, 888-346-9144. And, of course, that uh, service and ceremony is going to be hosted by Dave's uh, fiance. Uh, Antoinette Sykes, and that's going to happen, I believe, in Maryland or Virginia. And it's coming up pretty soon, so you better call me or send me an email at ray.ellis at voiceamerica.com. And uh, we'll see what we can do to get you some information about that. But again, we celebrated uh, the homegoing of my good friend Dave Dawson. Dave's um, uh, family was there, his, his ex-wife, his children, his brother, his sister, uh, it was just good to see a lot of people there, and uh, and they handled things well. Um, so let's move on. There's a lot to talk about. College basketball, the combine, the draft, CBA. Now, I, and I don't know which one I really want to. I want to talk about first, but I I, I think I want to talk about. I think I want to talk about the CBA. And and the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement for those of you out there who don't know. And the collective bargaining agreement is so important to the National Football League and to those of us out there that like and, and, and want football. If there is no collective bargaining agreement, if the players are locked out, and that's going to happen in the next couple of days, we've got some serious problems here. Now, the combine, I believe, uh, may be over with here in a few minutes if it's not already over out here. Out in the West Coast, you know, in Phoenix, we're a little bit behind. But there's, I believe it's about to conclude. And the DBs were doing their thing today. They always save the best for last. Now, I didn't, I didn't make that up. Somebody else put it out there like that, but they saved the best for last. And so the DBs are out there. But, but, the, but the CBA... I mean, these guys are out doing their thing, and, and a part of this this job fair, uh, this unique job fair, no other job fair out there like it, that the performance of these young men could dictate what happens with these teams and their rosters, and in particular, it could have, it could have a, an effect on free agency. And if some guy goes and he performs much better than perhaps maybe the scouts and the coaches thought that the person would perform, that might change their thinking in terms of who they want to go after in the draft, which means that might change their perspective as to who and, and, and their, on their free agent market that they might either want to pick up or they might want to let go from their teams. But there is no free agency activity if there's no CBA. 
So we got we we got some real serious issues, and I was hoping that my man Fish would make it back and would yeah, and would be with me, but but he's not, and so I'm going to have Kelvin Fisher with us uh, next week on the show. I'm not going to overpromise and underdeliver. I'm going to promise and I'm going to deliver. So wherever Fish is in the world, because you know this is a global show. It's not local. This is global. Fish, if you hear me, I put you on the spot. You're going to come next week and talk about that reloading and not rebuilding that you guys do in Pittsburgh. And certainly um, we'll talk about what you guys, that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, will need to do to win the Super Bowl. And uh, as well as those other 31 teams out there that think perhaps maybe they have a chance of winning it next year as well. And But we really want to address this, this collective bargaining agreement. Now, I'm going to, on the other half, well, let's say the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this collective bargaining agreement and this additional $1 billion that the owners are asking the players to give them. An additional $1 billion. Now, where do you think that $1 billion is going to come from? We'll talk about it after this break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm struggling because I miss my friend, but I'm going to be okay. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 
And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the collective bargaining agreement. And I, th I think most of you out there, I hope you have some understanding of what the collective bargaining agreement is. And what's about to happen is about to, what's about to happen is is about to become a lockout. And and a lockout is is just simply when when the when the boss when the when the employer not the employees but when the employer uh, just refuses to to let the guys play. You know, um, and 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 refuses to pay them, and and it's something that basically it, it's a it's a bargaining kind of a. It's, well, it's like, okay, who, who's got the power? So, you know, and you talk about power and leverage and all that. And so you try to do what's best for you as, as a bargaining tool. You, you think this will accelerate or certainly probably perhaps maybe if it doesn't accelerate, it'll at least bring them to the table to at least make a better effort to reach an agreement. Now, it's okay to do that as long as it's for the purpose, again, you know, to, you know, it, it's leverage. And not, you, it can't be something where you're trying to break the union. You know, you can't use that to, to break the union, but you can use that to, to, to gain some leverage in the negotiation. So, and, and the part where you gain the leverage in the negotiation you know, by doing this lockout and not letting the guys come to work is, you know, then you don't pay them. And, and that's where the leverage is. The leverage is, oh, OK, they're not getting any money. So if they're not getting any money, that's what you're doing. You're not trying to break the union. You're trying to squeeze them a little bit and you squeeze them by cutting off the money. No oxygen. You can't breathe. OK, now. Is that going to work? I don't think that's going to work. Are they going to do it? Yes, I think they're going to do it. Now, what what will be, you know, with every, with every action, there's a reaction. So how are the players going to react? I think what the players are going to do, and they've already, we've already voted on it. Well, the current players have already voted on it, and, and the retired players, we're going to support them. And that is, uh, they're going to decertify. And when you decertify, then what you do is that's like, OK, you did that. We're going to do this. And basically, you know, it's 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 your leverage. It's it's what you have. It's it's your power. It's like, OK, it's, it's your trump card. When you decertify. That is. That's like it. Because now if, if you if you decertify, then you can't there's no organization for the NFL management to negotiate with on behalf of all of its players because all of its players are no longer one body. They're now individuals. They're they're not represented by that union because they decertify. And that union is longer it's like it's like, okay, we don't exist. In a sense of we represent the players. So if you want us to do that, then, OK, you've got to come back and be prepared to meet the demands of the players, because otherwise, if we can't get the demands of the players met.
based upon the way we've been trying to do it, the players say, okay, well, then we're going to do it individually, and that's not going to happen. And so they both have, you know, shown their trump cards. And that is the NFL management has been instructed that they, at the bargaining table, as they represent the owners, then their people are going to lock the players out. Don't give them any more money. Let's lock them out. And the players say, okay, that's the way you want to bargain. Then what we're going to do is um, we're going to decertify. And that's bad. Because now when all that happens is what it does is there's something called vertical businesses. And these vertical businesses support these athletic uh, games, whether they're baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever. You know, when you look at a football game, there are other businesses that are a part of this. I, I call this my George Washington Carver theory of sports. You know, sports, the game being the peanut. And it's like you take that peanut and he came up with so many different products from that peanut. Well, that's the same thing that the National Football League and baseball and basketball and hockey, they, they do the very same thing. They they come up with all these different business models and spinoffs from this from this game. You know, of course, there's uniform manufacturers uh, and, and then they create replicas, replicas of, of jerseys that aren't really the jerseys that we wear on the field. But they the jersey manufacturers, you know, who, you know, who wants to buy the jersey of the first round draft pick if, if there is no football games? You know, people didn't buy Mello's jerseys in New York until Mello was with the Knicks. And if he was with the Knicks, but they were on strike, they wouldn't have bought those jerseys. Okay, so there's jerseys, you know, there's there's concession stands and the concession stands aren't always owned by the teams. They share in the revenue, but they're third parties uh, that they contract out to. And those people, they come in and, and of course, they sell you hot dogs, popcorn, peanuts. Um, you know, they got real fancy restaurants in and out. They also have pizza, you know, and, 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 and the league gets a piece of that revenue. And so those people that come in to those places and run those, I think, um, uh, Aramark, Aramark used to be a big one. I don't know who all the big ones are nowadays, but certainly some of those people. And with that comes the, the employment opportunities for the people that work for those companies. Uh, we had Boston's uh, restaurant and sports bar was on with us a couple of weeks ago, and they talked about, you know, even the effects of how a work stoppage, a lockout, if it goes to the season and, and it's a strike where there's no games, uh, what, what happens is then that these restaurants that are sports bars, all of a sudden their business is down. And so it affects, it affects you know, those people as well. You know, you got people who actually work at the stadium. You got people working at the concession stands. You got people working parking. You got people who work inside the stadium, greeters and hosts and, you know, security people. All those people would be affected by this lockout and this work stoppage. And all this is a part of the collective bargaining agreement. But what what really is interesting to me is that the owners have asked for an additional $1 billion. Now, those of us who have some education and, and, and we know a little bit about business, 
you know, the NFL talks about, okay, what we want to do is we want to we share in the revenue. We're partners. The NFL and the Players Association. Players Association represents the players that play the game and the retired players. And so they say what we want to do is we're partners, so we're going to share in revenue. Now, if you're partners, this is business. If you're partners and you want to sit down and discuss business, you, you discuss all aspects of it. And it's transparent. You don't hide anything from each other. If you do, then you're not well respected by your business partner. And they, there's a lack of trust there. And if you do it once, then, you know, chances are you may do it again. So they're going to be real suspicious. And regardless of if different people take over, you know, again, there's a transition part where you share the information and those people understand that you got to watch that person because they tell you they're going to give you all the information, but they don't. The problem now is with the collective bargain agreement is that the Players Association has taken a position that the owners are not giving and sharing all the financial information. So if we're supposed to share in revenues, we need to know all the information as it relates to all the revenue. And don't come up with no some no, no creative financing or no no creative, you know, numbers. Don't do that. You, you can't do that. You can't have two sets of books and not to say that they do, but you can't. And gross revenues, I was taught, come on, come on. For all of those out there who've done anything as it relates to business, and, and, and we're, we're talking about, okay, if we're going to open up the books, and, and when we look at revenue and we look at gross revenue, we're assuming that's all the revenue, but well, you got another term that you use, and it is a term called all revenue and then gross revenue. Now, we, we've got some issues <laughs> because what does the all revenue represent and what does the gross revenue represent? Well, somehow or another, the owners have decided that what they want to do is they want to share the split of which they agreed on with the players. If the players are going to get 60% of the revenue, last year they took a billion dollars off of the top. So maybe there was all revenue. They took a billion off the top of all revenue. And then what they had left presser is what they call gross revenue. And then they allow the players to share in that and split that somewhere to the tune of I'm probably higher than the actual. They gave the players 60 percent and they took 40 percent. But it's supposed gross is supposed to mean all gross is supposed to be all revenue. That's the way I was educated. But I guess there's a new term out there called all revenue. And, and they get a billion dollars off of the, all the revenue. Then we sit down and then we got this term here called gross revenue. And now we're going to split that with you 60, 40. Now here's the kicker. The NFL has now said to the players that we need to take an additional $1 billion off of that, off the top of that 60, 40 split. Now they already took a billion off of all the revenue now they want to take another billion. So if the revenues last year were nine billion, they took a billion off the top. So the split was a split of the eight billion dollars. Now what they want to do is they want to take. Let's say the revenue remains the same, which we know it's not going to. The revenue stays at nine billion. Now they want to take two billion off the top, and then they want you to split the sixty forty split on a seven billion dollars. Now, 
I'm lost for words. Jocks aren't dumb jocks anymore. Come on, get serious. Do you really believe we're going to go for that? But more so, if the players aren't willing to give it up, where do you think this billion dollars? Now, is, that's the question. Is this, are they looking for a billion dollars? If they're looking for a billion dollars and they don't expect the players to give it up, where do they expect to get it from? Do they expect to raise ticket prices to take the revenues from $9 billion? And to make it $10 billion so that the players are still getting a portion and the split of that $8 billion that they got last year. And if they think that's going to happen and they're going to somehow get the revenues to increase to $10 billion so they could take $2 billion off the top, where do you think that extra billion is going to come from? Do you think it's going to come out of the players' pockets? No, because they said... It's going to be an additional billion dollars. It's in your pocket. But it's not really in your pocket because I got the answer where it's really at. And I'm going to share it with you after this break because I hear music in my ear. So I always have to go and take a break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'm going to let you know with that billion dollars that they want, where they're going to get it from. We'll be right back after this break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Get ready for a show that's going to take it to the next level of sports talk. Get ready for Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. He's got 12 years of broadcast experience as an analyst for ESPN SportsCenter and NFL Live. And he has 10 years experience as a player with the Seahawks, Colts, Vikings, and Chargers, as well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL. You'll hear the truth and not the sidelines. Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. Is not for the faint of heart. Tune in every weekday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. CoastToCoastMixtapes.com.
Y'all know I like that music. I always let that play just a little bit longer because, you know, it got that rhythm, it got that beat, that bass. We fired up, you know. I'm ready to play. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the studios. I'm, re- I'm ready to play. So, uh, But I'm going to play a different game today. I'm going to play a game as I'm going to play a game of providing you with some information as to what I feel, uh, as to where, before we went on break, I, I talked to you about an additional billion dollars that the NFL wants to receive um, from um, the players. And they've asked the players to give them an additional billion dollars. And, you know, where's that billion dollars going to come? And I, I think that it's going to come from someplace. And I don't necessarily think it's going to come from raising the ticket prices. Um, so that is something that I don't think you really have to worry about here locally. I, I just don't think, one, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a PR game. And what the NFL wants to do um, is they want to make sure that they win the PR game. And a lot of times they can they can win the PR game because they could they're, they're media. You know, there's been a few times on the show when I when I said, you know, what business is it that the NFL is in? The NFL really they they cross different sectors when it comes to business. They're in they're in the real estate business. They're in the concessions business. Um they're in certainly in the media business. Uh, they're they're you know they 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 have a lot of different ways of which they um, they're able to you know bring money to one's table and and that table being theirs and and to benefit. So I I would stop and I think and I'd look at it and and I would say okay well if this is a group of people that are looking to get additional billion dollars, how do you get it? If you were in business and you owned a company and you needed to increase your revenue, you wanted to increase your revenues, strategically, you know, you'd have to go about it in such a way, bring all the various departments together, and, you know, somebody would come up with a strategic plan to move forward to increase revenues. And in this particular, you know, case... Uh, they're looking at, you know, you know, ten percent increase. You know, they've they from nine billion, they wanted, you know, another, you know, billion. So that's about ten ten percent, maybe a little bit less, but by one tenth, they want to increase their revenues. They've got nine billion on the table, and they want another billion. Now, how are they going to get that? In the worst economy that we've had. The National Football League saw record support. They saw the game, the attendance. It didn't suffer. The revenues, they didn't really suffer. $9 billion in the worst economy that most of us have ever seen. $9 billion. And then not only that, the television. Record numbers. More people watch the Super Bowl than ever in history. They didn't suffer. So what are they going to do now? What do they, they think people, this money growing on trees? 
Where do they think they're going to get this additional? They want a billion dollars. Now, think about it. If you work for any employer and that employer came to you, the body of employees, and they said, guys, last year, the numbers were solid. We had $9 billion in revenue. Last year, the support of the fans who support our game, record numbers, viewership, viewership was way up. More people in history watched our annual championship game. But here's the problem we got. We need some more money from you guys. Right about now, everybody's looking at each other. We need an additional billion dollars. So what we're going to do is we don't think we're going to increase revenues next year. Revenues are probably still going to be $9 billion, But we need another billion. So if revenues are going to be the same, no more money is going to come in. But we need another billion. If no money, new money's come in, that means they're not raising ticket prices, right? Okay, because it's the same amount of money. Television, commercial, everything supports going. It's going to be nine billion. But we need some more money. We need another. We need another organization. Management needs another billion dollars. So what it means is we're going to have to get it out of your pockets. Now all the employees are definitely looking at each other now, and they're probably saying, "No, that's not going to happen." You, you can't tell us you got record numbers and you need another billion. You want to take you want us to give you money. You got to reduce my paycheck. Why? Why? What sense does that make? And that's pretty much what the owners are saying. But there is in my mind, there's 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 a, there's an elephant in the room. The, the conversation has not come up now. I don't know why the conversation has not come up, but I, I will tell you this. I'm going to say about two years ago, a minimum of two years ago, somewhere out there, as I was doing my search for information, I found that there was this pilot that was running of which the NFL was testing games online. And those of you out there who, you know, are using your computers and and some people now we know people have just gotten rid of their TVs. And some people out there now, basically, everything they do is either on the cell phone or on the PC or the laptop. And so the games with NBC.com, the games were online. Now, I don't know how NBC got the rights to do this. I do not believe that it was ever negotiated that NBC would be the corporation that that would do this. Now, NBC, as you know, now is owned by Comcast, which is a whole different story. But NBC had games online. Sunday night games were online. And you can see from all different camera angles. It's great. I mean, the pilot, the testing that they did, outstanding. Didn't compromise quality. In fact, the quality was, oh, my goodness. It was unbelievable. So when I saw that, I was like, wow. It, it was mind-boggling. It, I mean, it, the, the, the telecast, because you could see, if you just wanted to concentrate and see what's going on on the sideline, you could see some stuff happening. Camera angle from the sideline, camera from the end zone, different camera angles. And then, of course, you could see multiple screens at one time. And all this was an experiment that was being done. And as you, as you think about it now, you hear about social media and Twitter, of course, Twitter and, and Facebook being the two social medias that are, that are most talked about as it relates to the National Football League. You hear all those things about that. But what you don't hear, 
and you don't see much of is the conversation being brought up about digital content, about games being viewed online. Now, just understand now, the way it is now, they have their television contracts. But even in the negotiation of the television contracts, I still have not heard that any of those media outlets have been granted digital rights or online broadcast. I have not heard that. To me, that is the elephant in the room. That is, if you're aware of the fact the way games are broadcasted now, that they're regional broadcasts. Years ago, I approached some staff at NFL Films, and I suggested to them that what might be the best thing for them to do in the offseason to keep people plugged in and connected is that there are games that are shown, there are regional games. But as I lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there might be games that were played on the West Coast, the 49ers game, that I might not ever see. There might be games that are played in Seattle, up in the northwest part of the country, that I might not see those games. So I simply suggested to them that why don't you consider showing in different regions games that those people didn't see? Now, I'm not going to say that NFL replay was my idea, but it's pretty damn close to it. Well, I've got another idea, and I know I'm on the money with this one. They're not going to need to raise ticket prices. They're not going to need to let players give money back. There's going to be a new billion dollars beyond a new billion. There's going to be billions of money that will be revealed in this collective bargaining agreement from emerging media, online content. Do you understand that right now games are regionally broadcasted, but there are the NFL and some of its major sponsors are global brands. They're not local. They're not regional. They're global brands. Imagine now that Pepsi could sponsor a football game, advertise on a football game, but not just, you know, target the ads to the northeast part of the country, but to the world. Can you imagine what, a glo- what that does for a global brand to have a game that is accepted across the globe to now be available across the globe and to be able to advertise and market your product and services to a global audience as opposed to a local audience? Let me tell you, there is so much money on the table as it relates to this collective bargain agreement. It's just mind-boggling. One billion is nothing. There are billions of dollars that are on this table right now. That, that split of 60-40 or 55-45, that number that they're negotiating now, th- that is for billions of dollars. The $9 billion, I could, I, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say if they have the right people at the table negotiating and if they're ready to take advantage of the new media, this could actually be 18 or 20 billion dollars of revenue as opposed to 9 billion. And they're talking about taking a billion off the top. See, th- I think that the majority of us need to stop and think and listen to what's actually being said. A billion, not a million, a billion. 
they're asking for an additional $1 billion off the top, and they know that the players aren't going to give them back what they already have. And they know that the billion dollars is not all the new revenue that's going to come in. They're just asking for an additional $1 billion off the top. This collective bargaining agreement that they're about to negotiate will set record numbers that we couldn't even fathom. Never in our wildest dreams, this collective bargaining agreement, the numbers that will be revealed, if it's transparent and they really give it to the public like we should, we should get all the information. It will be mind boggling. It will be mind boggling. And remember, you heard that right here on Voice America, Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. The new numbers, mind boggling. Billions and billions and billions. I got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. Yeah, this is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I, I, I know that was kind of hard for you to believe. I, I, you know, I gave you something to think about, something to chew on. But, but the reality of it is, is that it's going to happen. There are going to be billions and billions of dollars out there that this time you won't have to pay for here in this country. They're not, they're not going to come out of your pocket. But the world has shrunk and the audience has grown. But it's shrunk because we can contact each other. We can communicate with each other. We can interface with one another. And we can do it real time. And so because of that reason, it's made things better. It's made things more efficient. And, and it's certainly... In terms of watching sports, it's created opportunities for young players and for people that are employed 
these vertical business opportunities, they're amazing. And I think, you know, brands like, you know, Coca-Cola, I'll say, Pepsi-Cola, I'll say, I'll throw those two out there. Um, Nike, I'll throw Nike out there. I'll throw out there Under Armour. I don't know if they're quite, you know, yet spread out in, in terms of um, their market, you know, and the demand for their products as, as Nike. But Nike definitely is, is a global brand. I'll say Adidas has been around for a long time. They're, they're probably, you know, recognized as a global brand as well. But when you think about those major global brands uh, that have not found a way to participate uh, in the National Football League, they're going to find a way. They're, they're going to find a way to, to reach an audience that they've never been able to reach uh, and to be assured that that audience is going to be there. Uh, if you think that the, the Super Bowl, you know, reached a record number of people and, and, and they understand the fact that that was, a, a, again, a television audience, that wasn't, you know, an online opportunity. Once they realize those numbers, those are very, very smart, intelligent businessmen and women that participate as strategists as to how to grow this brand. And, and it's truly a global brand. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this plays out and, and how soon this collective bargaining agreement is, is done and it's over with and it's signed. And there are just numbers are just numbers to these people in, in this business. Uh, it's just that they work on percentages because all they do is just keep adding zeros to the back. But the, but they work on percentages and they're not they're not football, not in any trouble, no no problems with football. Uh, you got some baseball teams today that are trying to be creative, trying to borrow money. Football teams, perhaps maybe that might be the perception of which they might want to put into the minds of their fans is we're strapped for cash. No team, no fire sales, no teams up for sale, uh, expansion. I mean, right now there are teams, and I don't want to say they're holding people hostage. But, you know, who the hell wants to go up and play football in Minnesota? Or what, who wants to go to a game up there where Minnesota plays at and the damn roof is falling in? You don't want to be, I mean, you don't want to be, a, you know, a casualty. Who, nobody wants to do that. I mean, thank God, you know, the, the coach – the assistant coach for the Cowboys, when when they were down there practicing in that stadium or walking in that stadium before it was complete and stuff fell down on him, you know, that man's whole life has been changed. So Minnesota is, is like, okay, what are you going to do? Are we going to get a new stadium or are we going to move? Because I think out there in L.A., I think there's competition. I, I think there's a couple people out there in L.A. that, that, that want, they want a team. They want to build a stadium. They, they got a lot of stuff going out there in L.A. The National Football League is not hurting. And then in terms of uh, ownership, you know, the National Football League, you know, again, it's, one, it's, an organ, it's a private organization. So there could be an opportunity. Somebody else might want to buy a team. But they're not even letting you in right now. I don't think they're taking applications. They may be. But I don't think they are. I think Magic is trying to help bring a team to L.A., and that might be a group of businessmen that get together to bring a team to L.A., but L.A. is a market of which the National Football League knows it wants to go into that market. 
and 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 there are people who are looking to if a team doesn't re- re- relocate then they'll start a new team but probably one of the existing teams might relocate and that's a sad thing and the reason why because that means if they relocate then one of these markets these existing 32 markets is going to lose a team and nobody wants to lose their football team no they, they, people just that, that's that's traumatic. When I was saying, you know, you grew up as a kid, your whole life you've been supporting this team and you've been going to these games and watching them on TV and then they leave. I mean, I, I was, I had retired and I was away from the Browns, but when the Browns left and they went to Baltimore, oh, that was, oh, that was traumatic. That was, that, that hurt. It, I mean, it truly did. No more Cleveland Browns. And, and, and now you got them back. But for a while, there was no more Cleveland Browns. If the Minnesota Vikings leave, I mean, I remember, you know, Alan Page, a hero of mine growing up in Canton, Ohio. You know, I, Fran Tarkenton, Chuck Foreman. Shout out to Chuck, who has a show here on the network. I think Chuck thinks they're going to leave. If they don't get their new stadium, they're going to leave. And nobody wants to see that happen. You, you got a team down in Jacksonville. They may leave. Whatever team leaves and goes to L.A., uh, <laughs> They're going to have tremendous support. They're going to have to win. L.A.'s not a team that likes losers, a city that likes losers. So the team's going to have to win. But teams, when they go to L.A., they do win. I mean, you know, the, the Raiders, you know, whether they were in Oakland or L.A., I, you know, they won. They won a Super Bowl. You know, the Rams, were when they were in L.A., they were always very competitive. I remember Eric, seeing Eric Dickerson in that uniform, man. They, they were very competitive. Um, the California teams are competitive. You know, they win. 49ers got some of the richest tradition there is. So if a team goes to California, you can believe they're going to be real competitive. They're going to put a competitive product on the field, and they're going to win. Now, if Minnesota or Jacksonville loses a team, what's going to happen? That's going to be de- that's going to be devastating to those people there. And so we'll see what happens. But but my point is, I want to get back to that the new revenue. And where that new revenue is coming from, don't be alarmed. It's not going to cost us locally here in the state. It's not going to cost us a higher ticket price. It's not going to cost us pay-per-view. Nah. It's going to cost those advertisers and those sponsors. It's just going to cost. It's not even really going to cost them. It's just going to present new opportunities for them to present their brand to a global audience. The National Football League, as we know it, is, is, is about to become the global football league instead of the national football league because it truly is about to expand and become global and i I think it's a beautiful thing i I really think it is all of a sudden now our our athletes won't just be known here in the united states they'll they'll be known all over the world the demand for our game won't just be here i mean we've already experimented with playing games overseas and, and so we've established ourselves across the borders We've gone, we've played games, you know, in, in Mexico. We've played them in London. You know, people know about this game of football, American football, they call it. We call it the National Football League. And the National Football League is about be- to become the Global Football League. Okay, I'm going to end the show on that right there. The Global Football League. <laughs> the NFL is about to become the GFL. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Hey,
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.